Good morning, beautiful sisters. We want to welcome you. Uh, grab your cup of tea, your cup of coffee. If it's evening time, Friday night, happy hour, grab your glass of wine. There's no judgment here. Uh, we are just happy that you are joining us. Uh, we are super excited. First thing I would like for you to do is just open up that chat box. Um, there's no cameras. There's no um, recording for you. It's just Krissa, my lovely sister and I that are going to be here. Um, so the chat is a safe place. It won't be recorded, but that's a safe place for you to connect with the other women that are here. But the only way we can connect with you is to know that you're here. So if you're comfortable, just let us know where you're calling in from. We won't use last names and we'll just say hi to you. Um, and we would absolutely love, love, love um, to see you participate. So we have Cindy coming in from Michigan. Welcome, Cindy. It's so good to see you. Uh, we are just thrilled that we can have people from everywhere. We have Virginia clicking in. Elizabeth, thank you. Welcome. It's good to see you. Um, I know it's a little bit scary uh, to open up these chats and to put out there who you are, but let me let me just assure you, you have an advantage being here at the live event. We will post this later and we will post it on um, social media, but the chat box, like I said, is not going to be seen. And this is a beautiful opportunity for you to ask questions where we have sisters there that are going to uh, lift you up, encourage you, direct you to good resources. Um, so you get a twofer here. You get the advantage of the chat box, plus you get to hear what Chris and I are sharing and what we're doing today. So hello, Chris. How are you? Hello. Good. This is going to be a good one, Christina. I like this. It is going to be amazing. Yeah. We have been collecting, oh my goodness, we, a small book here of questions from you ladies. Wow. I mean, Chris and I are just blown away at the, I mean, first of all, the privilege that we have and being able to um, have an insight into your personal lives. Let's face it, we're not sitting here talking about politics and, and sports. Um, even religion is easier to talk about than this topic. Uh, we're talking about sex. We're talking about masturbation. We're talking about affairs and betrayals. This is deep stuff. Yeah. And this is going to get real fast. And this is adult talk for adult people. And if you're not ready for that, I, I just I just want to warn you, we're going deep, ladies. We're getting real. It's going to um, be uncomfortable. It's going to get uncomfortable. Uh, let me assure you this, because the world has created a place where that's all we hear is comfort, yeah. right? I mean, it's okay. You just got to forgive and forget and move on. We got to accept everyone and love the, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner. It's, there's truth behind that, but there's a lot that we are bottling and a lot we are avoiding and a lot we're not saying, right, Carissa? Yes, a lot. Um, and the moment we take off the mask and we stop pretending and we stop pushing things under the rug, that's when real transformation, real healing can, can really start, but we have to, we got to get real. Yes. And this is a safe place to get real. We share your scars. And before we open up in prayer, I just want you to know who we are, because this might be your first time. I know there's a, I had some correspondences with some beautiful ladies this week, and it's going to be their first time joining in. So welcome. We're excited to have you here, but you don't know us. You don't know Carissa and you don't know me. We are in Stewart, Florida right now, and we work for Soul Refiner and we create content um, to help people that have not only struggle with sex addiction, like the men, but we are creating content now to help the women, um, to help marriages, to help with parenting. We're trying to, to do everything we can to help other people, but we share your scars. We're not just educators with letters at the end of our name. We have gone through this storm. Um, both of us have a little bit different 
uh, very similar, a lot of similarities in our story, but the outcome is a little bit different. I'll just share very briefly. Um, my husband uh, betrayed me and I found out back in 2015 uh, when his affair partner was murdered. And so our story was very, very public. And I found out that that wasn't his only affair partners. He had had affair partners all throughout our marriage. Not only that, he had, it all stemmed from, uh, it started as an addiction to porn, a serious addiction to porn. But we're here now and God redeemed him, redeemed our marriage and and helped me with my brokenness because I need a recovery too. So that's just a very short synopsis of who I am. How about you, Carissa? I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> so, and I, I like this because we bring two different two different perspectives. Um, but like Christina, I married for almost, well, in a relationship and married for almost 20 years and um, knew that there was a porn addiction, uh, but then found out several years ago that it was more than just porn and there were multiple things happening and um, tried to restore and did a lot of the work and it just didn't, my story didn't end like Christina's. Um, I'm divorced, single mom, um, but completely turned around and healed and thriving. And so I bring that perspective to the table that you can go through this mess, this junk and, and come out the other side, maybe a little bit different, but completely healed. That's right. And that's why I love being here with Carissa, because we know there's a mixed audience here. And we know there are people that may have just found out this week and you are just hemorrhaging right now and you are barely keeping your head above water. Um, it feels like you're walking on jello. Your world's been turned upside down. We've been there. We have been there and you're not alone. The only difference is right now you're hemorrhaging and your wounds are wide open. Carissa and I, ours have turned to scars. And we just want to encourage you that if you're in that place, you will be on the other side where we are too. If you give yourself the right attention and healing, invite God to be in the center of the whole process. That's um, right. you, you can have this too. So when, when Chris and I, when we get bumped and life hurts us and squeezes us, those scars don't hemorrhage open. They're scars. They've healed. And you, you will be there too. Um, some of you may have been in the storm for a long time. I, Thankful that you're here because we need you to be in that chat, pouring into the women that might be opening up and sharing about their brokenness. We need you to be able to use your pain, recycle it, and have it um, be there to help other people. So we know we have, a, and you may be um, women that are definitely committed to uh, fixing your marriage. Your husband is committed to recovery, but you are broken. You are lost. You don't know what that looks like, or he may be gone. He may have said, I'm out, or you had said, I'm out. I'm not going to handle this. You're all welcome here. We have we have input for all of you because we have both been through this. And the other women that are here as well have been through it as well. So, Carissa, I say we jump in because we got a lot of ground to cover. This is going to be sure. more than one week, y'all. We're going to have to, we're going to have to carry this through. This I think is going to be an ongoing discussion. So with these questions are just too deep, too real, too raw to ignore. And there's just too much brokenness we cannot um, keep turning our back on. So speak, sister, do you mind opening us up in prayer? Sure, I'd love to. Thank Heavenly you. Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to come and share your word, your truth, um, so that it all leads towards healing and glorifying your name. Father, thank you for every single woman that is here today. 
God, I just pray that you give them ears to hear and that you open their hearts and their spirit, that they would receive these words. And Father, that they would not receive them in offense. But sometimes your word is offensive. Sometimes the truth is offensive. But God, we just pray that it be balm to them and be healing to their wounds. And Lord, that this would be a new day for them, that they could turn today and make changes and walk in healing. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. I'm going to let you go first. You have the same list as me. Why don't you pick one and let's see where it leads us. Let's start with a really great one that'll make us all quite uncomfortable, but we've got a question. Christine, I'll let you take this one away. My husband heard on a YouTube video from a pastor that masturbation is all right for him to do if he is only thinking of me. This doesn't sit right with me. Is it sinful for my husband to masturbate if he only thinks of me? Yeah, that that one started out good. (laughs) Wow, you didn't you didn't you didn't ramp up. We just started hot, didn't we? And that's the M word, and it's the one word I hate saying, and I said it. And I love to try to make her say masturbation because she's so uncomfortable. I'm like, here we are, we're live. You're gonna have to say it. What was that question again? Can you repeat it? Go for it, girl. (laughs) Sadly, sadly. Oh, I love we're getting hearts. That just makes me laugh because sometimes I feel like such a big doofus here. So yeah, this is this is a tough one. This is a tough one, but sadly, Carissa, I'm hearing it more and more. Um, the the world is feeding lies. Our pastors are feeding lies to our men. I was in a church. I'm not kidding you. Before I moved here, where we were working with couples, and they were with the pastor, and the pastor said the same thing to them. Um, it's okay. It's okay if you masturbate as long as you're thinking of your wife. Ah, I just, I wanted to rip out my hair because the Bible, it uses the word porneo and porneo is, it's, it's a Greek word. It even sounds like porn, doesn't it? Porneo. And, and it says that those, those are forbidden and and porneo is anything outside the marriage bed. It's like, I have another pastor who says it's the junk drawer for, for, for sin. And so anything outside of what God created, he created sex to be enjoyed by a husband and a wife for a lifetime together. That's how he designed it. So you can imprint, connect, and love one another. How is your husband using his hand to pleasure himself? Where are you in that? Where are you in that? I mean, God designed it for something you share, not for something to selfishly take on your own. This is something I give to my husband and he gives to me. It's, it's a to gift develop relationship. That's yes, right. It's to develop the relationship. It's not a self. It was never meant to be a selfish act. In fact, I think it's very ironic that the Bible, when Jesus was talking about sexual sin, you can look this up, ladies. What what did he say? He said, gouge your eyeball out, right? Yeah. I think on the sermon, on the, he said, gouge your eyeball out. And the next, very next thing he said, or chop off your hand. Hello, <laughs> hello, chopping off your hand. What is that hand doing that's sinning down there? We're going to have a lot of one-handed men in this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you'll hear pastors say, oh, they don't talk about masturbation Bible. Does it get any more clear than that? I don't think they want to see it. Mm-hmm. So what What are your thoughts, sweetie? Yeah, I mean, the same thing. It's God's design for sex and marriages to build intimacy and relationship. And that's a one-sided act that doesn't involve relationship and you know and the question i i hear a lot is well what if we travel what if my husband's traveling or what if he's in the military or you know what what are you okay first of all are you saying that there is there is a temptation too hard for god is that what you're saying that you can't overcome every temptation um 
because that's not what the word of God says. The word of God says he equips us and the spirit of God that the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. He's given us the ability to overcome every temptation. There's no but in that. So it can be, you can overcome that. Um, and I like in 1 Corinthians 7, 9, it says, but if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So for singles, you can control it. And then, you know, here, well, then get married. If it's, if it's so bad, you can't control yourself. You see, then get married. And then to take that into consideration in marriage, don't withhold from each other. You know, like you're, we're saying, it's, it's a mutual um, submission, mutual submission to each other's body, to your needs. And you should not, if it is for a period of time, you should come back together. Right. And I think that can kind of lead into, well, then where does that fall into line with with healing after betrayal. What are your thoughts on that, Christina? Oh, that's that's a tough one. We've talked about it here before. I encourage you to look at past sanctuary events because we have had conversations about, We were, in fact, the past two months, we've been talking about intimacy uh, and, and what that looks like. And in recovery, sometimes there, does, there is a season that God might call you to take a knee. And I think this is what the Bible is talking about. But when you take a knee from being sexual, it's it's with intentionality. It's not manipulation. It's not a punishment. It's you're not withholding. It's doing it with the design to come back and be connected. Yeah, he's becoming sober minded uh, because that was my fear. If we have sex right away, am I just feeding the addiction? And I was. I was. I was vaginal masturbation because he wasn't thinking of me. He was not connecting with me. He was thinking of all those reels in his head, all those women he saw on the computer, all his affair partners. Uh, I can't. I couldn't compete with that. So yeah. he needed a season to detox, but I needed a season to heal too. Because when we went to have sex, all I could think about was he's comparing me. I'm not good enough. Who's he thinking about? That's that. That's not healthy. So we chose to take a period of abstinence where he worked on becoming sober-minded, uh, detoxing. And I worked on, on my, I mean, now my damage to my brain and, and the pain that his uh, infidelity had caused. And we did it for a, a set period of time. And then we came back together and y'all, it worked for us. I don't encourage it for everyone. Sometimes I think that sex is very helpful and that could be the gift that God is giving to keep a couple together to get through this. But for us, that's what God instructed and, and directed us to do. And when we came back together, it was, it was like a honeymoon that we never really had because even on our honeymoon, I was a virgin. He wasn't, and he was already addicted to porn, didn't know it. And so I never experienced what I had until we went through recovery and now we share that to this day. So that's awesome. Yeah. It does yeah. work. You touched mm -hmm. on something though, Christina, about, um, about what is his mind? What is he thinking in the act of sex? And that go going back to the M word, someone else, it's funny. She said, my husband and I were just discussing the other day that we have said the M word more in the last four to five months than we, uh, girl, I know I get so sick of hearing it around here. These guys throwing it out and people talking about it and blogging about it. I'm going to say the M word. So we're talking about the M word. You know what I'm talking about. But going back to what you were saying about what is his mind thinking? And masturbation is, goes hand in hand with lust and pornography. So, and I know <laughs> I've heard people say, oh, I'm just solely thinking about my wife. I find that hard to believe. Let's get real. Right. I'm not saying it's totally impossible. I just find it 
very hard to believe. What are your thoughts on that, Christina? Oh, no, I'm with you. I, I, I have talked to men about this because we've done couples groups and my husband works with the men and he calls a spade a spade. It's impossible. Uh, Because even if you are thinking of your wife momentarily, you're now thinking of things that she physically cannot do or shouldn't be able to do because you are comparing to things that even just it's fantasy. It's fantasy. It's not you. It's not who God designed you to be. I and broken. I am not limber like 20 year olds. I do not have big boobs like the, the porn stars. I, I have scars all over my body, but that's what makes me beautiful. And, and I'm never going to feel beautiful as long as Lamar is fantasizing about a different version of me. I want him to love my scars. I want him to love my deformed breast. I want him to love every <laughs> part of me. I, I told you we we're going to get real here, ladies. <laughs> Not some picture perfect image of me. I want him to love me. And if he's getting used to being satisfied by his hand and by his fantasies and the reels in his brain, then eventually over time, I'm not going to be able to please him. Mm -hmm. I'm not. And, and, and it's, you, you said something in that scripture, a keyword that jumped out at me, self-control. What what are you so scared to talk about self-control? We're not supposed to get everything we want in life. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes you're going to have to go without sex. Your penis isn't going to fall off. I mean, it's, I mean, the act it, like it, it is. Happened. It has act like it is. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> you see, let me read this before we move on. This, um, this is a really good passage of scripture that kind of summarizes everything that we're saying. It's First Corinthians seven two through five. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Self-control. Somebody just said what verse? That's First Corinthians yes. seven two through five. Yeah, control, self control, self control. Yes, and two become one. You are yeah. one, so it's not just his pleasure, your pleasure. It's our pleasure, yeah. and that's that's the beauty of what and God designed it to be. Uh, he wouldn't have made Eve. He he could have just left Adam by himself, but you know he saw Eve. He was like, whoa! I mean, just he needed her to go to for yeah. this act. Yeah. And so and that was our purpose was to be with him, to yeah. be one with him. So he can satisfy me. I can satisfy him. We please each other. And it's one, it's one masturbation is a selfish, just a singular act. I mean, that's, that's all it is. That's all it is. And, and in my mind, just even the word selfish, where's dying to self in that? In a marriage, you're supposed to learn to die to self. Where's the dying to self? Why can you not? Why do you have to masturbate? Why do you have to ejaculate? Why do you have to come? Why Why is that more important than valuing me and right. expecting that we can't self-control? Self-control. Right. Yeah, that's it. And mm-hmm. um, you know, when Paul said this, it was quite. He was quite the revolutionist because at that time, women were considered property. Their value was they belonged to men. They were property. And so he just blew it up when he said, 
men, your bodies belong to them as well. So what he's identifying is the real design for sex and marriage, which is what God designed was relationship. It was submission to one another. It wasn't anyone absent of, and you were um, subservient to, you must submit to me, uh, body, and, and it ends there. It's saying it's mutual. It's mutual. I love that. It is. And during this recovery journey, it's all about building trust. And the only way you can build trust between each other is both of you being transparent and honest with each other. And maybe in the past, before you found out about the betrayal, maybe you withheld, maybe you didn't, you lied and you just pleased him when you really did have a headache or you really were hurting, or maybe you pushed him away or went to bed early or you know, whatever that looks like. And you never voiced your fears, or maybe you're too scared to say, Hey, can we just snuggle tonight? Like naked snuggles without it leading anywhere. Is that a possibility? Can we demonstrate that kind of self-control? Cause I just need to be held. Yeah. And, and, and are we being vulnerable enough to say that? Are we expecting them to read our mind and, and know our expectations? So along this journey, I've had to become more vocal. Uh, I never did. I was raised in a place where you don't even say the S word and don't even mention the M word. I mean, that I didn't even know what that was. I mean, that's a whole nother saga. But <laughs> I mean, it was just la 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 la. And you just don't talk about it. That's a sin. And then yeah. all of a sudden I'm supposed to get married and I'm supposed to just take delight in being naked and giving myself and to my husband. No, no, I was scared, silly. And I was I was, I, I was fearful and embarrassed and it wasn't just like a trigger went off and all of a sudden I could just, for me, this is my story that I could just give myself freely. Um, I had some intimacy anorexia issues because of all the shame that I was taught that I would go to hell if I had sex before marriage. I mean, there were, it was, there were some deep, deep wounds there uh, that I've had to process in this recovery journey too, which leads me to my next question, Carissa, which is a good one. I had heard someone say they, you know, we have programs for the men. Um, do women need help too? And and let's let's start there. Absolutely, I mean, we're here. Um, Why are we here? Before we do, before we do that, I feel like because I know my mom's going to watch this. Mom, I'm sorry for saying the M word. Oh gosh, I apologize because I know she's terribly uncomfortable hearing me say that. No, okay. I'm going to be uncomfortable. You shouldn't <laughs> have told me she was watching this. <laughs> Just kidding. She probably will. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't talk about that growing up. It needs to be talked about every and now i'm yeah that's another subject but um yes so do women need healing absolutely absolutely um this is all about this is all about your healing that takes precedent before anything else we want him to heal we want him to get all the help and the support and and become a new man yes 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 and you can be supportive to that but your number one focus should be your healing your healing comes first because with your healing you're going to set the bar and you're going to set the standard to be able to identify whether or not he is healing and then that's going to make sense of a lot of things because you can't it's like that whole oil and water thing you know it's it's going to draw out and show you what what's really going on and so many women get stuck we get a ton of questions from women well he's still doing this is this okay and um, you know, I'm still, you know, I, I read one woman was like, I'm 15 years in after, and I still can't have sex with my husband, or I still, then you've not gone through healing. You've not gone through all of the appropriate things that you need to do to heal your mind, to heal your soul. And once you do that, 
I'm telling you, it's either going to be sink or swim. And I'm just being real honest like that. Your marriage is going to rise to the next level and you're going to say, oh, I get it. I got it. Or it's going to separate. And sometimes in the literal sense and say, we're not on the same page. This isn't he's still acting out. He still doesn't want to pursue healing. He's not doing what he needs to do. If you're comfortable in that state of marriage, then that's all you're ever going to get. And you may as well just turn this off and be done and go do whatever it is that make you happy. Go shopping, eat the extra Snickers bar, because you're not going to get you're not going to get God's full and complete design for marriage if you're just satisfied with the way it is. And that requires your healing. You have to put that first. What are your thoughts, Christina? No, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And first of all, ladies, nobody asked to be here. You didn't ask for this journey. When you, yes. when you decided to marry your husband and say those marriage vows, and when you, when you made that commitment to him, you never imagined you would be here, be here today. I mean, we get that, but you are. And this journey is not just for your husband. You will be a different person through this. You will either become bitter or you will become better. And that is your choice. And the only way you can become better through it is by doing the work. And does it have to be expensive counselors that you meet with every month? I, for some people or every week, some people, yes, they, they may need that because this is a trauma. This is a real trauma that's been introduced to you. This is like PTSD. So your, your system gets shut on, it stays activated. You're trying to figure everything out. Your body becomes sick. Your heart becomes sick. Your soul can become sick. All these things can happen to you. So of course, yet you definitely need uh, healing and direction. Um, and if it's with a counselor, because when you introduce that trauma, a lot of times it can resurface some past trauma. Maybe you had some abuse in your past or a boyfriend that hurt you or something else that happened that never was processed. That's going to come to the surface with this. Um, maybe this is the first trauma you've ever experienced. You're still going to need triage. You're still going to need community and connection and people to help you. Yeah. Uh, and then the other part that I just wanted to mention, if you are staying in the marriage, if your husband's getting help and you have decided to stay in the marriage, that's the third post that needs to be addressed. He needs healing. You need healing. And the marriage needs healing. So if you're stuck, maybe it's because you haven't addressed the marriage. And, and I see that all the time. The men go and watch Stronger Together. They go watch Warpath. The women, you know, try to do their healing, but they're still stuck. And, and, and the reason being is because there, a lot of times it's intimacy anorexia. One or both partners have that. And that's where I encourage you to look at Stronger Together because that's when I realized I had this issue of pushing Lamar away, especially yeah. sexually. Um, and, and something there that needs to be addressed, but yeah, healing is a three-part process if you are staying in the marriage and, and absolutely it's completely essential. I'm, I went to school to study counseling, but I don't think that's the only route, Carissa. I think there's a lot of ways that you can get healing. Uh, if there's a lot of past trauma, yes, you might need someone extra to hold your hand. I didn't do a counselor and, and I'm here today. I went to counseling school, but I never visited a counselor on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, some people do need that. And, and, and that, you know, that's something that we get asked a lot too about medication. Is that okay? And Chris, are you, 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 we, we talked about this the other day. I mean, we'll just kind of go in that direction for a second. What if, what about medication? That's a tough one. I mean, it, it's, and I don't want to throw out a blanket statement because everything looks different. Um, for everyone, 
I would uh, obviously <laughs> you got to consult a doctor and, and get some help, but there's even a lot of like natural things that you can try first that just bring down, help bring down the anxiety, help um, just recalibrate so you're getting more sleep. Sleep deprivation will do all kinds of things and exasperate the situation and make it seem, it, it is bad. I don't wanna say worse than what it is because it is bad, but it just adds to it when you're deprived of sleep. And I know from my experience, what I went through, and Christine, I know you said the same thing, sleep is like, you're not getting sleep, you're not resting. And just having things like, you know, magnesium and fish oil, things that are support your body naturally, exercising, praying, meditating on God's word, these things, there's a lot of natural things that you can do um, just to help with that. But I'm re Christine, I'm reading a lot of women and maybe new here and they're saying, it just breaks my heart. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Who can we contact? How do we start with healing? I know I need to help heal, but how do I start with that? From my heart, and I know from Christina's heart, I can't get it to you fast enough. Mm -hmm. Like that brings me to tears because I want so bad to give you everything that Jesus has given to me. I wanna give it to you so bad because mm -hmm. I understand that pain and I understand of you just wanna pull the blanket up over your head and go to sleep and never wake up again because it hurts so bad. I get it, I get it, I get it. For myself, um, I was blessed that I'm in an environment that I'm getting, you know, I'm getting fed constantly in the research and all these things that I'm doing. But from the uh, from the get go, when this is happening to you, you feel like you're on an island all alone. Where do you start? Something that I did for myself. And there's so many answers to this question. We can't fill it all here today. But if you can start here with this one thing, if, if I can encourage you to do this, is from my experience, I've worked years on the mission field. I have worked decades with traumatized children who have the worst stories that compare nothing to ours, that have gone through atrocities that you just could not imagine. One thing that I learned from my experiences is I had to tell myself I wasn't going to be a victim. I started with that one. I had to change my mindset and say, I'm not going to be a victim to this. I will heal. If you want to hold on to this and be bitter and be angry and give him what he deserves and, and have that rooted into your soul, you're not going to heal. You have to start there. You have to make a mental declaration. You have to proclaim, I'm not going to be a victim. That will start you on the right path. And then the second thing you have to do is you have to pursue forgiveness. You have to. It's not a question of, well, when I get there, when I feel like it, you have to pursue forgiveness. Those two things combined will start you on the path and God will open up the door and he will show you all the things that you need to do. Pray and ask him, Lord, lead me, lead me on the right path to find healing. But start there with those two things. I'm not going to be a victim and I am going to forgive. And forgiveness doesn't come overnight. Sometimes it takes a long time to, to fully walk in that, the fullness of forgiveness, but you can begin that journey. And it takes those two things. I would encourage you to get plugged in with other women who are not a cesspool of let's complain and talk bad about our husbands and uh, just demean and belittle and hate all man. D don't join the man haters club. That is toxic. You don't want that. 
shut that down. Find godly women who have a good, uh, a good, good platform of, of biblical knowledge and healing that they've already gone through and get plugged in. Turn off the mic to all the other crazy stuff. Just turn it off and get plugged into that. And then we have resources at soulrefiner.com. Watch Conquer series. Even though that's designed for your addict husband, watch Conquer series. It will begin to explain what's going on. It does not make excuses for what he's done or give a pass because it's a brain issue. It is it does do something to the brain, but there's no pass. We don't take it take it lightly and uh, you know, he can't help it. But watch it and learn and understand what the addiction is all about. Watch Warpath. Watch uh, Stronger Together. Watch these different series that we have available and get plugged into support groups in that way. These are just simple steps that you can start taking. Stay in contact with us. Christina is constantly replying to people. She's so good about, she gets these, I mean, her heart is just constantly pouring out of how can I help. We've got other things that we're working on right now that I'm super excited about that is geared towards helping women. There are resources there, but make sure it's based in a path towards healing rooted in God's word. If it's not, if it's a bunch of psycho babble nonsense, avoid it. The answer is in God's word. Yeah, it it is. And the word is the authentication lamp. You hold up the word and then whatever information your counselor gives you that you read, that you see, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, dismiss it. And, And the only way you're going to know is if you're in the word of God. And I never spent more time in the Bible than I did after betrayal. It was almost like uh, my husband stopped courting me and that gave me a chance to court Jesus. And, and that was when I really grew, grew closer to Jesus by reading his word. And, and to this day, it's just a sweet, sweet, I'm, I'm just still getting just sweet, sweet, sweet uh, messages from God through the scripture. And, it, and I just encourage you to keep that Bible with you. Um, open up that word because the world is going to tell you crap. It is. It's going to tell you things like tigers don't change their stripes. You need to leave them. I mean, so many women, Chris, have wrote to me and said, I've never told anybody my story because if I do, I know they're going to say, leave my husband and I don't want to be judged. Mm -hmm. I've heard that over and over and over again. And that is heartbreaking, but there's an element of truth to it. That is what people say because they love you and they don't want to see you hurt so they think the fast and easy way out is to jump ship. Mm-hmm. They do. Chris has stuck around for a long time trying to make her marriage work. She didn't just yeah. jump ship the minute <laughs> yeah. she got disclosure that he was acting out. That's she right. tried for a very long time and she yeah. stayed into the marriage. I don't want to speak your story, sweetie, but you waited to hear from God. I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wasn't, um, you know, and I, I did hear from both sides, I heard people, you know, say, Oof, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't stay. And then others that were very encouraging of listen to God's voice, follow his, his leading. He will show you. No one can tell you what to do. Every story is different. And my prayer was simple. It was, Lord, get me. I, I want to be out of the way. And um, I choose forgiveness. I choose not to be a victim. I'm going to work on my healing um, and guide me, show me. And I completely, completely, 100% relied on him and no one else. And yeah, I mean, mine looked very different than yours, but my life is different. I'm not, I don't want to say that, that I'm, I'm glad 
he did what he did. But through that, God did work out something that was very terrible and, and did a good work in me. And I'm a completely different person today than I was a few years ago, completely different. And it is, I'm closer now to the Lord than I ever have been. And he's opened my eyes and he's given me a platform and it's not over for you. It doesn't, this isn't the end all. Um, there's healing. And then after that, there's more. Yeah, absolutely. Carissa. I mean, it's, um, there is, God will give you, uh, exactly what you need, the exact people that you need at exactly the right time. Uh, but you have to spend time with them to get there. You That's set right. up those two chairs every day, make an appointment. I mean, we honor doctor's appointments more than we honor our time with God. We're quick yeah. to brush aside our quiet time with God, but we would, we would never, ever miss a parent teacher conference. What is that? Why are we yeah. giving more? Yeah. Why do we take that and make it be more valuable? Make your time be valuable with God set time with him. You're going to need it during this season. This That's is where right. you need to press into Jesus more than you've ever pressed into him before and to be still and to listen to what he has to say. I mean, this is a critical, critical part of this journey. Um, I respect, I just want to go back and just say one other thing before we go to another um, question. Uh, is I do respect when women say I haven't told anybody because yeah. I felt that same thing. Um, I didn't want anybody to know the Marson. Number one, I didn't want to be told what to do. Number two, I didn't want him judged in case we got back together. And then people would be giving him a heart. I was very protective of him. That's, that was my nature. But I kept that secret so long, I got very, very sick. I want you to be very mindful. And again, God will disclose this to you. You need to connect with somebody. Somebody safe. I'm not saying you blab it to everybody. And when you check out at Target and she asks you, how's your day yeah, going? You say, well, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, my husband's a bastard. He cheated on me. That's not what we're saying. Um, uh, you need to be selective in whom you do share. Yeah. Knowing that if you choose parents or sisters, they're going to be biased towards you. And they will direct you to flee and to get away from the pain because they love you. You would do the same thing for your child or for someone that you truly loved, you, you've got to get away from this pain. Get someone that's been through the storm and has made it through to the other side. Get a Carissa, get a Christina, get a Tiana, get somebody in your life that has made it to the, the other side that can speak truth and not tell you what to do. The right woman will never tell you what to do, but, but they will walk beside you to make sure you're keeping your heart in check and alignment with God. Because it's very easy to get bitter. It's very easy to all of a sudden become bitter in the process if you decide to go divorce. Um, and it's very easy to want to retaliate if you stay. And so you need an accountability partner. You need a sister, one or two sisters you really trust that you can tell this to because you cannot do this alone. We tell the men all the time, lion, or the, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? And he's going to come after those that are in isolation because they're sitting ducks. If you are alone right now, you, you could be a sitting duck, but I'm not talking to any of you because you're not alone. You're in community here. You've taken that step. You've been bold enough to join us today. And this is good because now we can surround you and help, help protect you while you get the healing that you need. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So what's the next question, sweetie? Jump into some more. Well, I've actually, I'm going to put two questions together because the okay. answers are kind of similar, but so I'll read both of them. Do you think men in recovery should have web browsers on their phones or iPads, easy peasy to access images and porn? I can't believe what I see on social media. And then another question, how can I not feel uneasy whenever he may be by himself? I feel like 
He even has to shower with the curtain open. So how can I make sure he doesn't have the opportunity for temptation without setting rules for him? I group these two together because they both fall in line with one common thing. Don't be his mommy. You're, you're, you don't want to be his mommy through recovery. Um, if you are having to mommy him, then something's not right. <laughs> that's, that's off. But yes, he should have uh, safety measures set up for everything he's doing. I'm browsing the internet. First of all, I, during, I believe that during that recovery period or however long that looks, he should not be on social media at all. I don't know if you ladies know, but you can access pornography through Facebook. Yes. Um, that is very easy to access. You can access it through Instagram. And I don't think a single soul should have TikTok, but that's, that's my opinion. I mean, it is, it is raunchy, nasty stuff. And uh, yeah, they should have blocks and, and protection on all of their devices. And they should have an accountability partner that is making sure that, you know, they're not getting past this stuff and somebody that's checking in and that doesn't need to be you you don't need to mommy him you need to focus on your healing but if you're having to mommy him and guard him and what is he doing is why is he in the bathroom so long we're not on the right steps he's not on the right steps for recovery something is off here and you know asking him to do things like being open with him and telling him uh your hour-long showers are are a little disturbing to me i don't like that there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong. Maybe he needs to hear, maybe nothing's going on. Maybe like taking an hour long shower. I don't know. Maybe there's nothing, but he needs to hear from you that that makes you feel uncomfortable. And his response should be, well, then I'm going to do something to help you feel comfortable so that you can heal. I don't want to be a, a blockage. I don't want to be a barricade to your healing. His desire should be for you to heal. And that should come at any cost, whatever I have to do, then I'm going to help you do that. And if he's not there's, there's, what do you think, Christina? No, I think this is where Warpath was super helpful for Lamar uh, because, and he needed men to learn uh, boundaries for himself so he could gift them to me. Because like you said, I don't want to sleep with a man who I'm babysitting. That's ugh. Yeah. I mean, that's just pretty gross. No, gross. I, don't, I have no interest. That doesn't turn me on. It's not attractive, guys. Not attractive. No. It's disgusting. No, I, I got enough kids. You know, mm. I got enough it's responsibilities. I don't need to babysit yeah. my husband. But this is where Warpath was so, so helpful. Dr. Wise walks the men through. You've wrecked your wife. You've picked up this sword. And instead of defending her and defending your kids, you wielded it on them and you stabbed them over and over again and defended your addiction and your secrets and your lies. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to man up? Are you going to step up? Are you going to be, you were the source of her pain. Now are you ready to be the source of her healing? And that's what it comes down to. It's, I personally believe Carissa, it is the man's responsibility to man up and put those safeguards in place to restore and to rebuild the relationship. He should be able to say, here's my phone. I'm going to the bathroom. I don't need any locks to my phone. I have nothing to hide. Here's the passwords. Yeah. If you want me to shower with the shower curtain open, here it is. Hello, full yes. glory. I will shower and bathe with it fully open if that makes you feel safe. Yeah. But he needs to know what doesn't make you feel safe. And his yes. humble reaction and response, if he's fully committed to recovery and he's doing the work and he learns this through things like Warpath, 
is to help you. It's not to be defensive. Like I, I, I want to take a shower in peace. I want to, I want to jump up and take this call outside. I want to have social media. That that's defensive posture, and that is um, automatically going to hurt a woman. And here's the thing, Carissa. Men don't understand, and this is why I'm trying to help them, and you're trying to help them, and we're trying to educate them. That that little that little little action of like quickly holding the phone or turning it off after he's texted or taking it with them to the bathroom, doesn't seem like a big deal. And maybe it really was work-related. Maybe it really was, um, you know, a, a pop-up news ad or something. It was completely innocuous, something completely harmless. But our brains don't think that. And we are triggered. And those triggers take us right back to the moment we found out that the one who was supposed to love us betrayed us. All that floods back to us. So those little things feel like a huge betrayal, even if they hadn't done anything. So part of the recovery has to be, he's got to create safeguards to make you feel safe and gift them to you. So you're not demanding them and just keeping them on a short leash saying, okay, sit here. D don't go there. Don't look there. Don't, it's, it's a dog. You don't, you, you don't want to be married to a kid. You don't want to be married to a dog. You want a man. You want a man that's going to say, I value you. I value our marriage. I'm going to give up and do anything I can to show you that you're number one. Yeah, that's my opinion. That's it. And it's no, it's good because um, I, I don't know for some women and if, you know, for me, I never had a problem really speaking my mind, except when it came to my own needs or I was always afraid to question or push too much because I it it would seem like I wasn't trusting or I wasn't respecting and and I didn't want to be that and just a lot of insecurities and think after betrayal and and the you know the disclosures and discovering oh this is what real I wasn't crazy after all I started to have a voice to say I'm not comfortable with that or I need you to do this I had never really ever done that before. I mean, maybe, you know, a little bit soft little please and my way of begging to be loved, but I never really had a voice to say, please don't do that. That makes me very uncomfortable. Right. You have to have a voice and say that. You have to tell them what the issue is. For me, their response says a lot of where they are on recovery, and you can make some decisions on that. That will tell you a lot. Um, there should be no pushback. There mm -hmm. should be no pushback at all if their heart is in the right place. So here's my challenge for the ladies today is sit down today and create your list of triggers, things that triggers you, write them down, right? I mean, I mean, be very specific, whatever that is. I do not like the way you do this. I do not like when you close the bathroom door and you take your phone in there and you're there for an hour, write it down and explain why you feel that way and give it to your husband. Maybe that's easier than you trying to explain it. Maybe it erupts into arguments and, and, and you, you lose your way because he's really strong at his argument and then you just start crying and look like you don't know what you're doing. Write it down, pray about it, and ask him to read it and then talk about it and work out a way that, that you can get around these things. And this is what both husband and wife need to understand. This list of triggers, the list of behaviors that that needs to be adjusted, it's not, it may not be forever. I mean, right. I know Christina has talked about that, that her list of triggers certainly don't 
look like they did, you know, when all this went, she was going through it in the heat of it, it's very different today. Um, and so that's always evolving. But until you can get to that place where you do feel comfortable if he's in the bathroom for an hour because he had a legitimate, he ate Taco Bell and he needs to be in there for an hour. I don't know, for whatever reason, then you can, you know, that doesn't rub you the wrong way. But until you get there, you've got to talk about it and let him know what's bothering you. Let yeah. him know what those triggers are. Write them down. Yes. And then if you're staying in the marriage, take those triggers and like, like, like Chris has said, bring them to your husband and ask him to create safeguards. Yeah. Let him come up with ways to make you feel safe. So if I'm triggered at the beach when I'm with my husband, uh, because there's all these women there and bikinis, which I'll be honest with you, we couldn't go to the beach for a very long time afterwards. Uh, but when we did go back, what could he do to make me feel safe? He did things like he positioned his chair. So he was looking at me as opposed to all the women in the water. Um, he asked me not to wear sunglasses because in the reflection, he could see those women. I mean, there's things guys, I mean, this is where it's helpful to ask the guys, because I would never think of these things. And when your husband is committed to recovery, he's going to want to remain sober-minded. He's going to want to, to, to tell you how it can be helped. And now there might be some things on the list that isn't a struggle for him at all. Like maybe, let me think of an example. Maybe just the mention of a, of a woman's name is, is very triggering to you. So, but it's not triggering to him. He doesn't think of the affair partner. It's not, but he still needs to honor that that causes you pain. And he still needs to put a safeguard in place. It might not bother him driving by that motel on the way to work, but it does you because it has the same name as one that he had an affair in. Then he needs to offer to drive the long way around, even if he doesn't struggle with it. But they're not going to know these things on their own. This is going to take open vulnerability and communication with you and them doing the work in Warpath where Dr. Wise walks them through these things yeah. because they're not going to think of it by themselves. That's and Chris, I wanted to say one more thing about this list. This list is also a great stepping stone to um, creating, because uh, one thing I've noticed uh, in, in a lot of the questions is, did I forgive him too soon? I feel like I forgave him too soon. I'm being triggered all the time. He's all in doing the work, but I'm left feeling like crap. And I feel guilty now feeling like crap because I said I forgave him, but now we're together and I hate him. I mean, we get that all the time, all the time, ladies. And, and that's completely understandable. And yes, Women do grieve, especially Christian women. I believe this is the audience we have here. We forgive too soon. We do. And I, I know, oh, what do you mean? I mean, Jesus said, forgive if you want to be forgiven. Yes. Yes. But it's a process and you need to know what you are forgiving. You And, and we are so quick to say we forgive everything, but we don't recognize all the losses that are there. It's not just the sex. It's not just the infidelity. It's not just the porn use and masturbation. It is so much more than that. It's our self-esteem has been lost. We question our relationship with God. Why would he let this happen to us? We, we, we can't look at women the same without disgust and now fear or animosity. I mean, everything changes after betrayal. And we need to count those losses not as a record of his sin. That is not what I'm saying. That is not the same thing as what I'm saying. That is unbiblical. It is a record of the losses that it has cost you. So you can grieve it. You haven't grieved it. If you are being triggered all the time, but your husband is doing the work, you're like, why am I being triggered all the time? You have not grieved your losses, sweetie. 
You have not mourned everything that was taken from you. You pushed it down, pushed it down, pushed it down. And your body and your brain, they keep the score. You can't keep pushing it down. Those are things you have to address. You have to grieve. You have to cry. And you need to get like in the car driving off and just scream at the top of your lungs if you need that. Or lock yourself in your room every night at six o'clock and just have that be your time to just cry, cry, cry in the shower in a fetal position. That is part of recovery. You need to do that. It is so essential to grieve the losses and then and then burn them because you, he can't repay you. I don't care if he stays or if he leaves. He cannot give you back what he stole. It can never come back. And so you have to grieve that. This is a death. And, and, and so if you are too quick to move on, too quick to forgive, I'm not, and, and by forgive, I mean, just saying everything is done. We're moving on, skipping into the sunset. If you are too fast to do that. It will stay with you. And that is why you're being triggered. It's your body. It's your soul. It's your heart way of saying you haven't dealt with this yet. You have to process the pain. That's it. Yeah. And I, Christine, I wanted to add there, this is kind of, this is to summarize, this is what recovery and healing looks like you give him the list with the understanding the list of your triggers with the and he comes in with the i will do whatever it takes to help you heal and your thought is i will do whatever it takes to help myself heal so that we can do away with this list that's right the list isn't you you don't want the list forever the objective is to get over the list to move beyond the list but we can stay stuck and use the list because we use it as a punishment. Mm-hmm. We use it as a punishment to remind him of the pain that he caused. So the healing, what looks like healing with triggers is his healing says, I, I want to help you heal. Now, you know, he's on a road to recovery. He wants to help you heal and he's going to do whatever it takes. Your road to recovery is I'm going to do whatever it takes to heal so that we don't, we no longer have a list. Um, I just want I'm reading this late. I'm not laughing at you to this lady that just it just so now when we go to the beach, he wants me to go like in a bikini, but I feel so not comfortable with that. What should I do? Don't go in the bikini. Yeah, uh, don't do that. Just don't go. Tell him he should wear the bikini and you'll wear the bikini if he wears the bikini. I, I don't <laughs> just tell him I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm no. just saying that's no, that's unreasonable. No. If you don't want to wear that, just tell him no, I'm not going. I'm not comfortable in that. But that's that's the conversation. I'm not comfortable with that. He should yes. respect that. Yes. Mutual respect. There's a lot of questions like that, Carissa. Um, he wants me to do this. He wants me to um, give him a release. Uh, he wants me to do all these sexual things and I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable. Don't do it. Yeah. That's abuse. And, and, and it, they don't know it's abuse if you are actually saying yes. <laughs> Ladies, yeah. you got to communicate. I'm not comfortable with this. I don't want to help you ejaculate. I don't want to have sex right now. I don't want to wear the bikini or dress up or do those things. That's not, I'm not comfortable with that. That's not who I am and that's not what I want to do. We need to be able to stand firm against that nonsense. Yeah. And, you know, just to clarify, Christine and I are not saying that you should control the shots forever and never submit yourself to your husband and, and not, um, not have a healthy, healthy sex in your marriage, it should get to that point. But in the beginning, in those beginning stages, that intimacy looks very different. And 
he's got to be understanding to that. And if, if he wants to win your body, he's got to win your heart. Yes. And, and he's got to pursue your heart. And that pursuing your heart is through healing. And he's got to be sensitive, sensitive to that. It goes back to self-control again. He's not going to die and it's not going to fall off. He's, he, can, he can control himself to help you heal so that you're open and you're wanting to and you're willing. You know what? With that, there's a lot of questions and I don't know where it's at, but there's a lot of questions, uh, Christina, about I think one woman said she's 15 years in. She's still not comfortable with having sex with her husband. Um, that, that has to do with your healing. Yeah. I mean, if he really is, uh, you know, he's not acting out and, um, you know, he's past the porn addiction and that's not going on. And, and this is just you still feeling uncomfortable because of what he did 15 years ago. That is a question of your healing. It is. And, or, uh, it, it could absolutely be that, or is he pursuing you? Because the healing yes. Yes. recovery yes. is not just about becoming sober. He could become sober and not love you. And that's still a sin. Yes, yes, yes. Withholding yes. love, withholding pursuing you is a sin. Yeah. And so to, I mean, if you, if he is not, and, and come on, especially following betrayal, our men have to step up and they need to pursue. They need to study us. They need to court us. They need to romance us like there's nobody's business. Mm -hmm. They need to learn to treat us like, I mean, to to really, really, really go after our hearts and to help us with our healing and to rise us up to be their one and only. Because we haven't been their one and only. There have been all these other women that they've been seeking after and looking after and lusting after in the computer. We are meant to be their one and only. And so, but that takes time. Uh, but we need to guide them. We need to help them through that. But yes, they, they need to pursue. It's not just about becoming sober-minded. It's now about chasing after the one God gave you, chasing after the soul of the soulmate God gave you. That's what it's all about. And, yeah. and, then, and for us, it's not about, hey, honey, let's go jump in the hay. That doesn't do it for me. It's it, to me, I'm courted when Lamar says something like, um, how can I pray for you? You know, how can I make today better than yesterday? How, let me help with the kids. Um, and, and when I see him being kind with our sons that are giving him trouble, take me to bed. I mean, th- I mean, that's what it's going to lead to for me, but it starts with that emotional, spiritual connection. And they need to learn how to pursue that, but we have to educate them stronger together. Y'all that is the way that helped us that brought our intimacy and our sex life back together. Falling betrayal cannot recommend it more than I mean, I was just just getting ready to make a joke and say, Lamar's over there taking notes as he should. But the truth is he has been taking notes. Yes. And that is the way that, you know, I would, you know, maybe we need to do like direct to men kind of podcast type Mm -hmm. of thing and women telling guys if they only understood that, man, you will be, in most cases, I'm not saying every woman is, is going to do the right thing, but treasuring your wife, treasure her, pursue her heart. Women need emotional intimacy before they can get to sexual intimacy. And if you fulfill that need in her life, boy, she is going to give you what you want. I mean, just, you know, that, am I right, Christina? Yes, yes you are. And, and Jennifer, thank you so much. I need to see brokenness. Amen, sister. We cannot forgive until we see yes. humility. That is, yep. if we get stuck there, I'm like, why can't I forgive? Why can't I forget? You're doing all the work and he's not. He should be demonstrating humility. 
a posture of brokenness. He needs to know what this costs you. He needs to know how much this hurts and you need to see it. And that's, and that's why so many people get stuck is because they haven't acknowledged the pain. They're all, I mean, they're great about acknowledging their own, you know, sin and look how sober I am and look how far I am, but Hey, how's your wife doing? That's what I want to ask every man in recovery. How's your wife? Let that be the indication of how well you're doing in recovery. How's she doing? Because if she is sick, there's still something wrong with you. Yes. You are not taking care of your bride the way you're supposed to be. That's right. Get it, girl. Yes. Yes. I Mm -hmm. I hear you on that. And, you know, through, um, through my healing after betrayal, I did not realize how much I did not value myself. And I am not saying in a prideful way um, because pride is of the enemy. We don't want to be prideful, but when you don't value and you, and you feel like you have worth, you accept things that you should not accept. And for me, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a workhorse. I get things done. I'm motivated. I can, wait, I can work any guy under the table. I mean, I, I work, 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 and I'm responsible and I can take care of things. And then I, you know, you, you take a step back and you look at the picture of your marriage and you realize I have no value as a woman. I feel totally devalued that there's no pursuit. There's, you know, and like what you're talking about, someone said something about, about being the, uh, I wish I could find that. It was really good, but your, your, how your spouse should be studying you. He wants to pursue you and, and you won't get to that place unless you've gone through healing and you start to understand your value and your worth in Christ and who he created you to be. And once you establish that, you're not going to settle for anything less. And it's not demanding. It's not being uh, unreasonable. These are, these are things, this is the way God created it to be. He created it and ordained it that your husband loves you the way he loves the body of Christ, like he, the way he loves the church. And that's sacrificial. That's putting you before himself. And there's nothing wrong with, with wanting that. God put that desire in you. That's not a selfish desire. He created that in you. And it's okay to want to be pursued. It's okay to feel that way. Um, but until you value yourself and, and, and are going through healing, you're going to accept and, and constantly be feeling uh, neglected and overlooked until you understand that. Amen. Then it's in this journey. That's one thing, Chris, uh, my self-esteem, I mean, it rocked. I mean, it was already shaky. I was never super confident, um, but it just, it plummeted. I I thought I should have, why couldn't I keep him? I mean, I used to judge the other women that lost their husbands or that they committed adultery. I'm like, well, they weren't good enough. They didn't cook or clean or good enough with the kids or how. And, and so I was, I was a performer. I was a performer and I, I performed for my husband. I performed for the world, the white picket fence, the, the house that's clean all the time. I was, I was a performer. That was my identity. And then th- I had to break in my brokenness. I had to see that my self-esteem is that God created me. Mm-hmm. Jesus died for me and the Holy spirit dwells in me. That is my self-esteem. And that is all I need to be able to, to do the work and to, um, to be his arms and feet in this mission field. That is, that is who I am. And I want every woman here to know that, that your yeah. self-esteem isn't based on the affair. It's not based upon what you see when you look in the mirror. It's not based upon what your neighbors say, or your friends say, or your family says, says 
your self-esteem is that God created you. Jesus died for you and the Holy Spirit lives in you. That is your self-esteem. That's it. Chris, I know we're getting close on time, but there is a question you and I felt like it was yeah. pretty urgent that we needed to address. So we are going to go a few minutes over, ladies. And if you need to go, we respect that. But um, there, there is one that just made us a little bit nervous that we wanted to talk yeah. about. Um, this one hits a nerve with me because of my, as it would any mother or anyone, but um, working with children who've been abused. And so this one, I said, we have to address this one before we leave. Uh, we've been married almost, just let me make sure I got the right. Yeah. We've been married almost 10 years. Year two was a turning point. I seen my husband lusting his young teen granddaughters over a few day visit. I gave him an ultimatum, get help or we're done. We've both spent thousands on conferences, intensive counseling. He no longer masturbates, watches porn. My question is he's never given me more than a few months of sobriety of lustful looking at any woman of his type, including granddaughters. Um, do I have any hope of a lasting marriage? You want me to unleash on that one or do you want to start? Maybe should. Yeah, I, I'm not comfortable with that at all. Um, I certainly don't hold any, um, uh, begrudging or any, any hostility towards the sweet lady who's, who's in a situation that she, clearly she's very overwhelmed and, but she sees things. It is not a good sign at all that you see your husband lusting after a child, a grandchild at that. Please, please, please do not take that lightly. If it is so much that it's coming out on the outside that you have visibly seen it, I'm not saying anything has happened. I don't know. I do not know. I do not know. So I don't want to say, oh, he's done it. He's a pedo. I don't know. But if it is to the point where you are visibly noticing the lusting after children, please do not take that lightly. That is not good. That is not a good sign. No way. (laughs) There's so much I want to say, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, no. Uh, My advice, and and I'm just, I'm going to, I know we're not supposed to tell people what to do, but when it comes, I'm with you, Chris, and when it comes to our kids, they don't have a voice. Um, and I don't know what age we're talking about. There wasn't many details. No. We have to protect our kids first and foremost. We are living in a world right now where kids are being victimized and they're being exposed to things they shouldn't be seen. And there's, I don't even get me started, but it is disgusting what we are exposing our children to and what we are tolerating. And I, I very seldom tell people what to do, flee, run for the hills until that yeah. man help. That's, that's yeah. all I'm going to say. And take the children with you. And get and you need I to, am not okay with that. I am not okay with that on no. any, any level, any level. Please I, do not I, be, please do not be silent on that. And don't, don't say, well, maybe I saw it wrong. Go, go. If you feel that in your gut, if yes. you truly have seen it, if you truly have seen that, please go and get help. Yeah. Tell somebody, tell somebody what's that, what's going on and, and get, don't let those kids come back in. Don't let, get out of that situation. That is not, that is not appropriate. That is not. No. Yeah. I, and I don't care. I don't care if he has seven months of sobriety. He's done. He memorized the Bible front to back and he has 45,000 accountability partners. 
you mess with kids, you're out. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm done. Until, and I, I'm, I'm not saying you're out until you figure out the truth. You're out yeah. until you figure out the depths of the depravity until help is given and you take the kids and yeah. you get them away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's what you're going to regret. You're going to regret that you sat on it and you thought, well, maybe he is, maybe he isn't, maybe he needs a little bit more work. You know, maybe this sobriety thing is too, too soon. I got to give it some time. You are going to have major regrets if something happens to a child or if something has already happened to a child and that child is living in the horror of what has happened to them. Please, 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 please do not, don't let this one go. Yeah. And I'm going to just, I, I am hopeful that you ladies will invite your husbands to watch this too, because there's a lot of information here that'll help them. Uh, I truly believe that. We don't like them here when we're doing live because it's not comfortable for Chris and I, it's not comfortable for the people in the chat, but for the recording, by all means, invite them to come see, um, because I do think men need to hear this. But Lamar actually worked with someone and he said, um, we've actually had a few encounters like this. And they said that they um, drilled a hole um, through the bathroom door um, from the from the closet, and they, he would peek in on his daughters. Um, and, and and Lamar and I, we we had to okay, this is beyond our expertise. This is the point. Of, this is I mean, this is criminal, and we can't help them. This is something we need to stop. We need to put boundaries in place. They need to go admit what they've done and go get help. And they chose not to, and we ended that relationship. Like we, we can't help you. We won't. We will not stand by and support anyone violating um, or hurting or exposing children to things they should not see or doing things and to children or yeah, no, no, not going to do it. Oh, no pass there. No, none. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that team. But, um, but it just brings me to my knees because it just um, our kids, they are just way too valuable. And we're seeing the world just destroy our children. And it's not okay. I mean, we keep coming to work and we're saying, can you believe this? They're exposing them to, to transvestites that are dancing in front of them and bringing them to these weird shows. And they are our children. We were, they were gifted to us by God to love and to protect and to rise up. And we're exposing them to this horribleness and we're allowing other people to expose themselves. And it's, it's just, it blows my mind that we're not being more vocal about this. It's not okay. Yeah. And you know, can I, can I challenge the ladies to pursue your healing at all cost with the mindset that, you know, if you're in the marriage to make it work and you want to make it work, that you're going to hit healing with all your might to help. Yes. To save your marriage, but also on the other side of this, our children, there are other women that need to hear this. Um, and like Christina is saying, there is such an evil, vile attack coming after our children. Um, it's, it's sick. It is so sick. I've been watching this and studying it for the past 15 years of where we're headed. And the whole pedophilia thing, there was a time when, when, if I, when I said, just watch the route we're going with pedophilia, it's going to be accepted and God forbid made legal one day. I mean, that would be horrible. And I used to say that 15 years ago and people say, you're crazy. There's no way. Look at where we are today. Look at where we are today. God has a, a plan for your life. He doesn't, don't waste suffering and what you've gone through. You have suffered through this and betrayal is traumatic. It's suffering is horrible. 
but be determined that you're going to come through this because God is going to use it. He can use it if you allow him. He can use it for a blessing and to help other people. And, you know, from helping children to helping other women heal to helping women heal so that they can protect their children. Um, make it your mission. Make it your passion that you're coming through this for whatever God has planned what, for whatever he has in store for your life. This is not the end. I don't, I know, you know, I grew up and we didn't talk about sex and here I am having to talk about sex all the time. And I'm like, I did not choose to do this, but I'm not going to waste what happened in my life and not use it for something good and allow God to use that. So here I am talking about it. I don't want to be talking about it. I really want to encourage women to, to have a voice and follow God's pursuit and their passion for their lives and, and live boldly for Christ and do just preach and do God's work. But I realize that I have to use my pain and my suffering and what I went through so that they can heal to get to the place of where God wants them to be, to use them for the kingdom. Get through this healing place. Get, get the, let this be a little tunnel to get you to where you're going. That is your, that's your bigger picture. It's not over for you. It feels like it's over for you. It feels like the world is going to collapse on top of you. It will if that's what you want. But if that's not what you want, it doesn't need to be. Get on the other side of this and you can, I promise you, I promise you, God's word will not fail. You can get on the other side. That's right. That's right. And we have to normalize this conversation, ladies. We can't, we cannot just brush this under the rug and say, well, good, good Christian women just don't talk that way. Oh, we just, oh, we can't talk. We have Girl, to. You talk don't want to hear way. some of the things I say. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's, we're just ramping up y'all, but it's just, oh, it is. Um, and what they're showing, I just read research, um, that the one common denominator of every sex addict in this one particular study, they never talked about sex at home. We have to normalize this conversation. I know we went down that trail about the kids, but I believe that's an important message for us as ladies, because our children are watching and what you do and how you conduct yourself is going to shape and mold their view of sexuality, their view of marriage, their view of how women and men should treat each other. They are watching. And that is your legacy, what your children see and what okay. you do, how you protect them, what you, what you allow them to see, what you, what, what environment you allow them to be. That is our responsibility. We are going to be accountable to that. That is a part of our recovery journey. So we have to talk about the children. We cannot ignore that. We have to talk about that children, uh, talk about that. Because if they see bitterness and they see mom just always just bashing dad and always just bringing up the betrayal, that's what they're going to think women are supposed to do in marriage. That's what they're going to look for if they're a man and that's how they're going to behave as a daughter. If they, if you just accept it and oh, he's just, he's just going to be that guy that looks at porn and masturbates and has affairs. I'm just going to let him because I'm too comfortable and it's too hard to leave. And guess what your children are going to do? They're going to treat women that way or they're going to accept that behavior from men. We have to break that now. We have to be bold, break that now. The outcome doesn't matter. The outcome doesn't matter if you end up married or if you end up divorced. That is not where your eyes need to be. Yes. It's, it's that your journey right now is not about the outcome, is what, what is God doing in you to demonstrate to this world, to your children and to the people around you? What are you going to do? How are you gonna conduct yourself in this journey? So it's a test. It's a test for our husbands. It's a test for us. So is Jesus going to be enough for you? That's my question. Is he going to be enough for you? Because I think that's the test for all of us, not just for the men, but for, for you and me too. It's, is Jesus going to be enough? Because until he's all you have, 
you know, that's, that's it. That's it. So, that's yeah. it. Well, sweetie, I know we could go on and on and on. I just love, love, love this time. Um, we need to figure out how we can do this more often because we barely scratched the surface. And ladies, for those of you whose questions I did not get to, I'm going to try to email each and every one of you. If I do not get to you this week, please be patient because we're going on a family cruise. Um, but I will try to get to you um, in the next couple of weeks if you haven't respond or if you haven't heard a response. So, and if you're not a part of um, uh, Christine, we haven't talked about it, but if you're not a part or would be interested in being a part of a conquer group, not saying that you have a problem with porn, but you'd like to just learn and understand what am I dealing with? Um, let Christina know and and we'll see if we can't get you connected um, and into a group and let's see if we can't form some groups of women. Um, there's so much that we wanna do and so much that we're working on. Pray for the laborers, we need help. Um, we want to tackle this thing and we, we've the Lord's given us so much to do and and we're trying and we're here for you and we want to help so like Christina said email her and um, and we'll try to get you connected. Wonderful, thank you Carissa and, and with that we are going to close out you lovely ladies in some prayer Chris would you like to pray. Thank you Lord, thank you God so much for these ladies Father I just pray for each one of them. God, you know the very specific details of their life. You know what they're going through. You know what they're up against. You know um, whatever battle they're facing. God, you are there with them in their pain. Father, I just pray that they feel your Holy Spirit leading them, guiding them, nudging them, and even correcting them when it needs to be corrected. Father, I just pray for their husbands. I pray for their healing. I pray that you set the captives free. Father, I just, I pray for restored marriages, but Father, for the ones that are not restored, the ones that do not reconcile, Lord, it's not the, it's not the end for them. And just like in my life, it wasn't the end. There's something new. There's something else. Father, I just pray that you, um, that those women feel encouraged today, that they feel, um, that they have a, a clearer view that it's all about you. It's about their healing. It's about walking closer with you. Father, I just pray that in the same way that they want their man or a man to pursue their heart, that with that passion, that burning passion, they will pursue you, Father. They will pursue all that you have for them. Father, I just pray for their healing. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in their lives. And thank you for this opportunity to share your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. We love you, sweet sisters. Thank you so, so much for being with us today. And we will see you next month, second Friday. Next time, ladies. Yep. Second Friday of the month. And I'm not going to say the M word the next time. So you can't get me. No questions with the M word. I'm leaving that to Christina. I've said enough for a month. Done. You got to you gotta come up with a code word for it. You got to come know. up with a Ladies, cute. email me some code words. We need to come up with a code oh. word. I'll make oh. a t-shirt out of it or something. <laughs> It'll be a secret word only. Sorry, Mama. I didn't mean to say that. Maybe your mom will come up with a good one. <laughs> Let my mom say it. She can't say sex. She's not going to say that M word. Love you, yeah, ladies. I heard a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Love time. it, girl. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Bye-bye.